Oh, hello there. Welcome to the Food and Movies Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. It's my friend, Jeremy. This is the podcast where we investigate the intersection between food and movies. This is the Christmas special. Jer, what's the goddamn movie? Well, I mean, we, we, did a, uh, we did a prelude to Christmas last week with the uh, Christmas vacation, but... Hell yeah. We, and we talked about the Chris Columbus connection, I think. Yes, was we some, did. Was something we, we, we kind of glossed over. So we thought we would do a Chris Columbus film. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Home Alone. Hell the, to the yeah. Classic Christmas movie. Absolutely. So... For those who don't know, Home Alone is a spiritual, I guess, cousin of Christmas, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which was written by John Hughes. And it was originally, he originally picked Chris Columbus, the director, not the uh, racist conqueror, to direct Christmas Vacation. And for and he ran into Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase did not like this guy. Treated him like crap to the point where he's like, you know what? As hard as it is to direct a movie in Hollywood, it's not worth it with Chevy Chase. I'm out of here. So Chris Columbus left and John Hughes being the good dude that he, that he is, the good working class dude that he is, says, don't worry, bro. I'll get you with something better. Writes Home Alone and has Chris Columbus direct that as a Christmas movie, which it is. So shout out to John Hughes for being just a good dude. Like I, I mentioned in my latest video, Pulp Fiction, the Pulp Fiction Sandwich, by the way, on YouTube. Watch it. How, yeah, creative people, directors, filmmakers – their style is a projection of their personality. And if that is true, which is my theory, then you can definitely see from John Hughes movies that this was a good dude. You know, yeah. God, God rest his soul, RIP John Hughes. But yeah. 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 And, and Chris Columbus, um, was he, did he do a Harry Potter movie? The first Harry Potter. He did the first Harry Potter movie, right? Yeah. Because... This movie set him on a trajectory of being a family comedy director yeah, or just yeah. a family director. And they yeah. want, and remember the first Harry Potter was just kids, right? Yeah, they were little kids and the, yeah. uh, they loved it. They apparently, I was watching one of those, the Harry Potter documentary or something, and they loved working with the guy. Like he was just like so good with them. Yeah, um, he was great with Macaulay Culkin and that kind of set him on the path to getting to Harry Potter. Yeah, it's like working with animals, right? Like if you're good with working with kids and or you're good with working with animals, you tend to do these jobs, right? Yeah, like like yourself, your father was a surgeon and yeah. that notion got you a job working at Anderson DDB. <laughs> so, and you've been working in pharma ever since. Yeah, it's basically. Like these, these little things early in your life really do project out over time, you know? Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Well, <laughs> I, well, I wanted to connect that, but there is a strong connection between this movie and us, you and me. Okay. So as, as you mentioned, John Hughes wrote this. And I think I mentioned before that John Hughes was an ad guy. He started his career in advertising. We did talk dropped about that, that. Yeah, dropped out of Arizona University or Arizona State, one of those two. Began working <clears throat> for an ad agency called Needham, Harper, and Steers. Needham, Harper, and Steers merged with, guess which agency, Jer? Doyle, Dane, and Burnback? Hell yeah, they did. There you go. And <laughs> I was also, this is, this is which, all Wikipedia. Which merged so. with, with the Anderson yep. Pharma Agency in Toronto. Where we met. Where we met. <laughs> Look at that. It all comes yeah. full circle. And that's it. So we're six degrees of separation from John Hughes. We are basically the children of John Hughes. Yeah. 
We are. <laughs> me and you. There you go. Yeah. Look at that. Makes uh, sense. Also on Wikipedia, I didn't notice it, but there, if you go on the DDB homepage in Wikipedia, there was a rafting incident. Have you heard about this? No. A bunch of executives, top executives from DDB, went on some kind of executive retreat and they went rafting and got thrown from the raft and like nine of them died, drowned. Was this recently? I believe it was in the 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah, but like half the executive team got taken out in a rafting incident and then the rafting incident was turned into a movie starring Alan Alda. Deliverance? No, it was something else. It was something else. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, yeah so I don't you. think Alan Alda was in Deliverance, but yeah, um, that's quite a quite a tale. But I guess we do have a connection to John Hughes, so that's cool. Yeah, and, and put that on my resume. But the connections don't just stop there, Jeremy. Oh my God! Yeah, so we've already we established that the connection between National Lampoon, Christmas Vacation, and Home Alone. Right. Also, apparently, John Hughes was a big fan of Die Hard. And a lot of this film was sort of a spiritually connected to Die Hard, which is a one person foiling a bunch of bad guys yeah. in one building. You know what I mean? I get it. I get it. You know what I mean, I, I, that, that makes sense. What do you think of Die Hard as a Christmas movie? Do you at this want, point? Do you yes, even want to go there? I'm, I'm sick of arguing about it. Fine, it's a Christmas movie. You nerds out there, stop fucking asking me about Die Hard being. Yes, it is. Okay, I don't want to hear why you think it's a Christmas movie. We all know. I've never watched it at Christmas, so oh, I don't know. Okay. I have no I, – I literally could not care either way. Um, but uh, Die Hard 2, Christmas movie. Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Die Harder. That was a hell of a movie. I watched that a lot. I watched Die Hard 2 more than Die Hard 1, actually. I think I've seen them both like once. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe, maybe once or twice on the first one, but ne- they never really did it for me. I think we should do Die Hard. I think there's some food in Die Hard. We should probably it's probably do a, a good episode. buffet scene. And in, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do it, but Die Hard. Um, but like, what? I think it's like one, two, and three were like okay, mm-hmm. and then it just got like Die Hard, Live Free, and Die Hard. Like, yeah, there was one where I remember in the commercial, he literally jumps on an airplane and wrestles it to the ground or something. Like, it just got yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it got out of hand. So, yeah. all right. Die Hard. Yeah, but I can uh, see I can see how Home Alone is like Die Hard, like the same shtick, but a little bit fun, like more like ha ha. Um, because it's he like, does kid, like kid Die Hard, basically. Yeah, he tricks he tricks these this Al, uh, Alan Rickman and his crew into dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all that stuff. Yeah, it's like the everyman versus these hardened criminals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these serious German were they like German terrorists? Yeah, or. Yeah, they were they were European. The main guy was German, Hans Gruber, I believe. Yeah, I've never yeah. understood that. There was like a period in time when they weren't going after the Russians. It was like, yeah, the the Germans are evil. It's like, yeah, okay, they did they did some stuff way back when, but other than that, they're a pretty peaceful nation now. <laughs> like, oh yeah, they're great now. They're not they're not causing much tr- trouble. Like I don't. Believe- Here's the thing: you you got to keep your eyes on those Germans, though. Yeah, Every never, now and then, you they'll, never they'll, know. they'll pull some stuff, like the Volkswagen thing, you know? <laughs> Every now and then, you're like, dude, I was just starting to trust you. We were there. Yeah. So now yeah. we're back here. Um, yeah, they are. They can be a little bit, uh, you know, they'll, they'll sneak one in on you. 
Well, the thing with them is like, it's always with Germans, their weakness is always hubris. You know, it's like, yeah, we know you're smarter than us, but you're not that much smarter. Okay. We'll, we'll eventually catch on to what you're yeah. doing if you try to fuck we with We know you're good looking. We know. Yeah. 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 They're, yeah. they're all good looking people, even the well, fat so, ones. But they're all smart though. You know, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. engineering. So it's like, I'm sure every now and then they're like, you know what? People are dumb. They won't know we're messing with their emissions standards. Let's just do it, you know? Yes. And it's like, it's naughty Germans. But um, more connections uh, to Home Alone. There are some spiritual sequels and spiritual remakes to Home Alone. Number one is a French film called Deadly Games, which actually sued Home Alone, came out the year before Home Alone, and sued Home Alone for the similarities, which I will admit they were very, some film is very similar. It's about, uh, I believe a child stuck in a house being attacked by some deranged, um, vagrant who stresses up a Santa Claus. Okay. I think it's a coincidence, but it's enough for a lawsuit. I would say. I mean, no such thing as a new idea, right? Like it's yeah. it, 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 a lot, especially in the film industry, like you're borrowing from every, you know, so maybe you borrow a little too much from something yeah I, uh so i get it i get it but any notable french actors in that one like jean renault or anyone good i don't think so N- none that i know of I- okay. i'm not a connoisseur of french films or anything like that i pretty much only know jean renault so jean renault what to do with the big note big nose what's that guy's name and then there's uh there's a guy that's I always forget his name, but he's like the guy they get if they can't get Jean Reno. So like Jean hmm. Reno's the guy from like Mission Impossible, and I think he's yeah. in Ronin. Mm-hmm. And then there's another guy who is in a Jet Li movie. That's like oh. kind of big. Like you'd know him if you saw him because he's like that. He always plays like a French cop. I think he was the bad guy in Bad Boys, right? He might have been. Yeah, he might have been one I... of the bad guys in Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He he plays a good French bad guy. He or plays a, a great, yeah, great Euro trash guy. We need a produce, like, you know how, like, Rogan or any of these guys, they have, like, a guy they can ask? We yeah. need to get a guy we can ask so that I, I'm not uh, Googling things. But, uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll get, we get there. What, we, once we, if we, Yeah, we can get Nas. He wouldn't have to Google it. He could just know. Yeah, know? Nas would just know. <laughs> Uh, um, but other spiritual sequels or spiritual cousins to Home Alone, uh, I would say Panic Room is Home Alone, David Fincher's version of Home Alone uh, for grownups. Okay. I would say Don't Breathe, which is the home invasion film with the with the teenagers invade the guy who is blind. Right. Right. Also, yeah. Rambo Last Blood. Last act of Rambo Last Blood was a bunch of Mexican bad guys attacking his homestead. All kinds of booby traps and Rambo, like cat and mouse type stuff going on there. Rambo Last Blood was like the one that Stallone did now, like a few this years ago. the last ago. one. The, the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, Like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. it. We're done. I, I actually enjoyed that movie. It's Rambo, man. I had a good time with that one. Because I hadn't seen a movie where, like, bones stick out and stuff for a long time. Like, you haven't... You know, like those action movies that, because there was a period in the 80s where action movies were really good, and then the 90s happened, and they got kind of like cookie cutter. Yeah. And we lost that, like we lost the, like some good violence. Right. Rambo did that for me. Oh. Yeah. I always liked Rambo. 
Yeah, I like the first one. Yeah, oh, I don't I don't know. Um the ones in the middle were weird, but wasn't there one he did there was Last Blood, but then there was one before it that was also like kind of modern times where they did the like boat through the jungle again. Yeah, I think it was called John Rambo. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one was that, that one was, was violent, man. Yeah, it was like it was just you know how in porn you can't go like six seconds without or whatever, there's like a rule in porn where you have to the they have to go like a minute and then they have to do some porn stuff. This mm. was that, but with just killing. It, it was pretty pretty violent. It was one of the yeah. most hardcore violent movies I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I, that was one of my fa- m- more favorite Rambo movies. I think that one and the first one I think were my favorite. Yeah, the first one was classic. Like that was a yeah. great movie. But the two more modern ones I kind of enjoyed. I didn't. I didn't hate those. Well, it's nice to see how. A franchise like that evolves over what forty years, something like that. Yeah, like crazy. Yeah. It's also nice to see Stallone just still doing it. Well, I'm fascinated by Stallone. Um, I feel like this is a guy that we've kind of taken for granted for all these yeah. years. Yeah. But we, because he has that way of talking, we just think he's dumb. This is not a dumb guy. No, at he all. Came, he came out of the gate with what, like Rocky, and he got an Oscar nod for that. I don't think he won, did he? Uh, the 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 movie won. But uh, the producers get that. He doesn't get that. Yeah. So. But like he he pushed for that movie to get made, didn't he? Yeah, it was it was all him. I mean yeah. <clears throat> he has a his daughters have a podcast and I and I watched the episode where they interview him. And uh I'm fascinated by kind of all things game theory in life and how you have to use game theory to kind of get around obstacles that are put in put in front of you where hierarchies arise elites emerge and they create obstacles for non-elites to get into these places like hollywood is a walled kingdom oh yeah wall Wall street is walled off there's a lot of industries like that so and uh, he talked about how at the time the basic path to hollywood was you go to acting school one of like i think three or four school like acting schools were considered to be actually notable like stella adler yeah. Lee Strasberg. There was one in LA. There's, there's a handful. And if you're not in one of those, you're kind of like dismissed. Yeah. And so the thing is, you got to go to one of these schools. Then once you get out, you got to do theater. And then while you're doing theater, you're trying to get commercials and guest spots on TV. Maybe you'll go through a soap opera. And the casting system was like that. Like if they would see someone and be like, all right, do the, get, get on this soap, get on this guest spot. And, and there was a kind of like a process you had to go through. Yeah, and then you're on TV for a while. Then you try to get to movies and whatnot. But Stallone, when he wrote Rocky and demanded that he be in it, no one had ever done that before. He just skirted the whole system, cut right through, cut the line, game theoried the whole thing. I like it. I like. Yeah, yeah. But then he talks. I respect that. But then he talks about how people in the industry kind of resented him, especially in the um, the critics and the, the publicists kind of resented him because. Usually critics and publicists are a big part of pushing whoever the next person is going to be. And so then stars kind of, it's like a favor-based system. You know, you help me get in these magazines. You help me get reviews. You know what I mean? And so he went all the way around us. They always resented him because he gamed the system. So, I'm sure. And I'm sure that dinged his career a little bit too. Um, But it's like... uh, I was listening to a podcast about uh, the music industry for years to get your, like if you were an up and coming artist before the, the YouTubes and all that, 
um, you had to get radio play. Oh yeah, right. And it, to get to radio play, it. you had to like bribe disc jockeys. Yeah. And so disc jockeys were. I think it was a. What was it? there was a podcast about it. It was fantastic. Um, I'm not going to shout out the name of the podcast because I don't want to hype the competition. Yeah, but, um, but it, yeah, I mean, I, the, you're right. There's wall, even advertising to some extent is a bit of a walled thing. Like, you, you, you know, you, you can be in and then all of a sudden you could be a pariah and, or you can, you know, you can never like so, a bunch of kids never just get in and they spend all this money on ad education, which as far as I can tell is not that comprehensive. <laughs> um, it's, it's basically designed to get you an internship. And it's yeah. like, then you're on your own, man. It's like, yeah. it's, it's just like a cash grab. Yeah. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. I'm not saying where I went was. Shout out. No. To my, no. Shout out to where I went. What was, what was your school? I went to Seneca. Hey, shout out to Seneca. Uh, the only good advertising school uh, in the world, by the way. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Let's not, let's not go there. Home alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Sorry, your, your thoughts on Home Alone? That, that I have. go ahead. Yeah, let's let's. I mean, a lot of great connections there. I mean, this movie's a classic to me because when I was a kid, I I, I wasn't a, like as ginger and gray and brown as as I am now. I actually had blonde hair. Oh, and I looked a lot. Just a cherubic young Jeremy. I looked with like here. Hair. Here we go. Let's let me. I got I got a picture here. One let's sec. do that. Let's do that. Yeah. One sec. Gonna take the headphones off. Okay. While Jeremy's doing that, I'm just going to say that the old man in the film, I believe, is Kevin from a different timeline talking to his younger self. Go ahead, Jeremy. So I looked similar. Hey! To, I looked similar to Macaulay Culkin when I was a kid. That's you, so, baby. That's me, baby. That's all Jer. Um, so people, when this movie came out, people were like, you look like that kid. Like an older version of me than what I just showed you. I was skinnier. I had the same stupid hair. Um, I could do this, you know. And so I just like people always like, ah, Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin. So I saw the movie, obviously, and loved it as a kid because what kid doesn't? Yeah. Um, but for years, I had this whole thing where I was just like, I'm not that guy. Leave me alone. I hate that guy, you know? So when Macaulay's uh, life kind of went downhill, I was like, well, see, I'm not that guy, you know? Okay. <laughs> well, I, you know, you're, you're, you started off in the same place. Your career's kind of diverged. I feel like you're doing much better than him at this point. So, uh, Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's due for like some sort of Tarantino-esque comeback. You know, like there's... He a culkinescence, if you will? Yeah, like he did a couple movies... I mean, Home Alone, and then I think he had, like, his parents screwed him over. So I don't know. This is all speculative, so don't sue me. Um, mm. Macaulay Culkin, if you want to clear the air, come on the podcast. Let's talk about sure. it. Sure. Yeah, um, your, your invite is open, Macaulay Culkin. But there was, like, a whole bunch of stuff around him, and he, he did a couple. He did that movie. Like, there was a horror movie he did. Yeah, um, The Good Son. Yeah, that was creepy. He was killing people. He was a kid serial yeah, killer. Yeah, I like that. And then he was in the party. He did My Girl, where, spoiler alert, he dies. Yeah. A lot, a lot of tears in that one. He was good in that. Then he got older. He did Party Monster. You ever yep. see that movie? That was crazy. No. I saw the documentary. I didn't uh, a good movie. Yeah. Uh, they did it. It's got Fez and 
some other people in it from some other stuff. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, good, good. Uh, Seth, Seth Green is in it, I think. Yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was well, the guy could act. I'm just wondering, like, yeah. who's, who's going to see it? Like, you know how we're having a bit of a Brendan Fraser renaissance? Yep. Like, Brendan Fraser's PR team is just like, yeah, whoo. Like, just loving this guy. Um, Bringing this guy back from the dead, just. We were weeks away from a Chandler Renaissance, but then he he said something about uh, Keanu Reeves, oh. and now everyone now everyone hates him again. Oh, so no. sorry, Chandler. It's a good try. Oh, shout out to uh, Chandler um, Matthew Perry. That's he got on Twitter during during the um, COVID. Very first tweet. It says, "Hey, I'm on I'm on Twitter. Could we be in more of a pandemic?" Phenomenal first tweet ever. It's a great tweet. Yeah, a great tweet. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin's younger brother Kieran has He's, really, yeah, yeah, taken up you, the mantle. What's that show? Uh, oh, Succession. Succession. Yeah, he's yeah, good. In he's that. great. Yeah. yeah, he was great in Scott Pilgrim. He's been great in everything I've seen him in. Yeah, I think they're both good actors. I don't think Macaulay Culkin's a bad actor. I think he got famous too early. Yeah, you know, that happens. But um, Home Alone. Yeah, what are your impressions? So give it to me. Well, you know, a lot of these movies we watch, I have not watched since I was like very young. And so the first thing that happens is that I watch these movies and I get a flood of nostalgia of where my psychology and, you know, what I was thinking when I was watching this movie. And so I just remember Home Alone and it was real kid wish fulfillment. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I just had these fantasies of like, oh, I just wish that it was... I could live in the house and I could buy my own stuff. I, I I felt so powerless as a kid. Yeah. And watching Home Alone, it was that thing like, no, I, I'm going to foil these bad guys. I'm going to be smarter than these adults. You yeah. Know? I, I'm going to take care of myself. So just from pure kid wish fulfillment, this, The Goonies, I used to love those movies when I was a kid. And I think we need those as 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 kids, you know? I agree. I think we're missing that in, in society today. I think mm-hmm. psycho- psychologically... Home Alone spoke to, uh, you know, our generation of kids because we were coming up as young, young, you know, rascals in those days. Yeah, we were. Um, and Home Alone was like every kid has been through that scenario where they get in trouble because their stupid older brother did something dickish, or they're you know, and then they're getting picked on by their cousins. Or he's the youngest kid. If you were the youngest kid, I was the. the I, I was, was the, the youngest. Yeah, I was the baby in my family. So, bro, when like, you're on the bottom of that pyramid, yeah, growing up, you will never ever not be on. Like they always treat you that way. They like know that your older siblings know things that you don't. Yeah, they go and do. They ignore you. Yeah, so I, I was always the kid that was like hanging out with my mom at, at things because my cousins were all like, he's too young. Let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. go smoke cigarettes or whatever they were doing. I don't know. It flips though. Once you get to about like in your mid twenties and they're all like in their late thirties and trying to cling on to their youth, they're like, mm. Oh, he's young. Let's hang out with him. That's true. It, that it, actually, it does. Yeah. It gets better. It gets yeah. better. But, and then you're all old in the end anyway, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <but>, uh, <laughs> No, I mean, I think there there was a lot to be said, especially for the last, the baby in the family. Um, he had this aspiration of like, I can do this myself. I'm, but he's still vulnerable, right? Like he goes in the basement, he's terrified of the furnace. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he kind of gets over it. 
I was terrified of my furnace and the entire basement of my house. Terrified. I wasn't scared of my basement. I don't oh. think. There were certain rooms in my basement that were like, I'm not going in there. But then... Once yeah, I, I was, well, you were scared then. Yeah. I was, like, I don't, was it fear or was it just like, uh, why? Why would I go in there? Oh, a, okay. Well, a, I was literally scared. I would like run well, down, and grab, grab a jug of milk from the basement fridge and run back up because I was scared. I was more scared of like... Uh, like lakes. I wouldn't swim in a lake. Like deep water scared me. Because of Jaws? No, just because I don't know what was down there. and Okay. You know, just weird things scared me. I I was a strange kid. (laughs) Listen, deep things are scary. I was a picky eater. So was I. So this movie really, you know, the food in this movie really spoke to, you know, eight-year-old Jeremy. Well, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the introduction to Home Alone. We've given our thoughts. Let's just examine the food. Let's just go. Perfect, so, perfect, perfect segue. Incredible segue. So we get to we're in Home Alone, and it's a great scene. Also, I used to fantasize about just having a shite load of siblings. I only had one, mm-hmm. so I really wanted. I, I thought it'd be cool to have like a like a whole crew. This this kind of fulfilled that wish for me, where it's like you'd see the whole house is just buzzing, bustling kids here and there. They're all getting ready to go to, I forget where, someplace warm for Christmas. Paris. They're not, they're going to Paris. Paris for Christmas. <clears throat> At minute eight, the pizza delivery guy shows up with 120 bucks worth of pizzas. And our boy, the youngest, of course, he's a picky eater, wants that yeah. cheese pizza. No cheese What happens? Pizza. No cheese. Well, they eat, they eat it all. They eat it all. Older brother, played by a uh, real great older brother kind of vibe from this kid. Yeah. John Hughes, by the way, phenomenal older great, brother uh, writing and casting. Great casting throughout. The, yeah. All the kids were good, well cast. And yeah. the par- like Catherine O'Hara and John, John Hurd. Uh, was it yep. John Hurd? Yeah. Sh- Sopranos, shout out. He was in The Sopranos. Oh, um, yeah. He got his life ruined by Tony, for sure. Yeah, he was rough, he was rough on The Sopranos. Uh, yeah. and he, he passed recently, somewhat, in, in the last few years. Oh, R.I.P. John um, Hurd. Great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine O'Hara, though, Steen Steeler and everything she's and in. And like a Canadian, I don't know if she's Canadian, but she was part of that SCTV, whatever, with uh, with Eugene Levy and Martin Short and all those guys. Like she's part of that comedy troupe. So, Catherine oh, shout O'Hara. out to Nepo Baby Dan Levy, by the way. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I went to school with Dan Levy. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a great guy, actually. Really yeah. nice dude. Um, but, uh, <laughs> just Dan Levy, you want to come on the podcast, please? <laughs> Be our guest. Sure. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, great cast of characters, and so like the cheese pizza. Now, when you were a kid, yeah, were you a cheese pizza kid? No, I was. Uh, I was a cheese sandwich kid. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I just liked all the crappy food, like cheese sandwiches. Any kind of pizza with no vegetables on it, uh, you know, McDonald's, stuff like that, mac, mac and cheese, all, so all the you crap. Would, yeah, you would you would do like a pepperoni pizza would would be good for you. Ah, uh, yeah, we usually get more items than that. Like we used to get the worst. Like we're talking the greasy Pizza Hut, basically, like where the the dough is soaked in oh, oil. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, I, I still get that. Yeah, and then you get the the meat lovers with all like the little tiny. 
things of sausage, which are just going to kill you. Those little oh, bullets yeah. is what they are. They yeah. just lodge right in your arteries. Oh, oh you, just, you just get those. And I mean, then I was surprised why I was fat, you know, after eating all this stuff. So, yeah. How about yourself? Cheese pizza guy? I was uh, I was more of a pepperoni guy. Okay. Um, and I remember, because that's like one of these scenes in Home Alone where, you know, how we were saying there's a lot of things that connect to a young kid. Yeah. This is one of them. Oh, classic. Because classic. I would go to people's houses and they'd be like, oh, yeah, we're having pizza. I'd be like, yes, pizza. I'm like, yeah, we're having uh, vegetarian pizza. And I'd be like, well, I can't, I can't eat that. That's not even pizza. What are and we talking be, about? They'd be like, pull the vegetables off. No. 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 Peppers? I still to this day, I don't eat uh, bell peppers. Sweet okay. peppers. I hate them. I've always hated them. I just, there's, I don't know why. I like hot peppers, jalapenos. Yeah. I'm okay there. But sweet, but red, orange, yellow, whatever. Won't mm. eat them. I hate them. Okay. Um, and when they're cooked, I, it's even worse. And then when you pull them off of something, they leave their flavor. The imprint that. too. They leave their imprint. Yeah. And so it's like, you may as well just eat the damn vegetable. Yeah. So Because the, the water comes out of them and it's flavored like the thing, right? So it's like. Pull them off was such yeah. a hor- like a horrible piece of advice. Oh, I, disrespectful to you. Yeah, just uh, horrible. Just yeah. who, who do you think you are? Pull them uh, off. Ridiculous. I'm, I'm in your house. Yeah. As a guest. Yes. And you're telling me. This is me... what you serve me? <laughs> Pick it off? Pick it What kind off. of Philistine are you? Yeah. This is just this is unacceptable when I was eight. Nowadays, mm-hmm. I, I actually prefer. I mean, pepper's still a little bit of a bugaboo for me. But, like, I like mushrooms on pizza. The one thing I'm not. And I want you. Are you a pineapple guy? I wasn't until I was. 27 i was working at a post-production place in toronto yeah and someone uh, we were having this discussion someone says look just try this so i tried it and i've never looked back i that has been my go-to for pizza for like the next 10 years i feel like i need to do that you have not made that you have not crossed that not recently i think maybe in my early 20s i did it and i was like i don't like this but i feel like nowadays I'm a little more refined in my palate. Very. I think I'm going to like it. I just I think you will. My thing is I don't order a whole pizza and then find out that I don't. And then I have to sit through it uh, because in my you, old, you, you're scared about the FOMO. Well, I'm just in my old age. It's like, I don't have time to eat a pizza. I don't enjoy. You're very risk averse when ordering now. Yeah. I, I, I eat what I like. Well, Jared, this is why no one markets to people our age anymore because we're set in our ways. We're not. We're yeah. not going to try a, a delicious pineapple pizza at this point. You yeah. can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I think you should. You should. I think you should. Where are the, all those uh, idiot uh, self help guys talking about? You got to get out, your, out of your comfort zone, man. Yeah. Got to get your comfort zone, man. Push You're it. getting too yeah. comfortable, man. So. I feel like I'm going to like it. I don't know. I, I got to ask my wife what her thoughts are, um, and maybe we'll do it. I, when I lived in Asia, they would mm. put corn on pizza whoa i never even thought to do that which how is was it not good not good oh okay. um it's it's a weird textural nightmare uh, but the the comedy of it is they like so they have pizza hut in taiwan mm-hmm. but pizza hut's an american chain 
So they feel that corn is an American vegetable. Like it's oh, just a, okay. But pizza is an Italian creation. Yeah. From what I understand, correct? This me is like wrong. when people put mayo on sushi here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but like, so it's like, this is an American fast food chain, so let's make it as American as possible. And most Americans are like, hey, no, you're not putting corn on pizza. What the heck is it? Like, it was just, it's a cultural mismatch of, I don't even know. Um, mm-hmm. But Taiwan does other miraculous things with corn. So, I, you know, more power to them. One of the greatest food countries on earth and uh you know at the risk of getting canceled by china banned in 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 china it's taiwan sorry i'm taking a stand i'm taking a stand shout out taiwan taiwan food culture yeah um so the scene the pizza is delivered and at minute nine this all comes together actually as a great uh food book ending we're we're going to find out later but mom uh, they're all drinking milk and eating pizza. Kevin, all he wants is cheese pizza because he's a little kid and that's all he can eat. He has he's, And his cartoonish older brother, is <laughs> like a villain, is like, it's all gone. Maybe I can puke it up. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. mocking young Kevin. Kevin, in sense, and I think justifiably so, Absolutely. attacks his older brother. Milk spills everywhere. He's pulled aside by his mother and banished to the scary third floor attic. All <laughs> because he, of food. Where he has to sleep with his... Little cousin Fuller, who yeah, like, the the threat of Fuller is one of my favorite things because now you're appealing to the older sibling. Yeah. So my sister, if we were on a trip or if there was something, it would be like, oh, you have to share a room with your little brother Jeremy, and I'd be like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and she'd be like, like she'd be like, I'm older, I want my private, not share a bed, but share a room, yeah. Um, but at Fuller went to the bed and he's always like, he's always got a cola just go on the go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. I, uh, my, my, my nephews are here actually staying, staying with us. And I, I, I forgot how intense kid politics can get. Oh. Like these two kids have two separate piles of football cards for Christmas and they are getting so possessive and territorial over whose cards yeah. are whose. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like all it is is just like tiny little cards. But kids, it's it's serious, man. It's like kids real are, serious. Kids are like dogs. Like they have their basic their baser instincts are still right there. Like they haven't learned to suppress. Yeah. So there's all this. My we would go to we would go to uh, visit my grandparents, and they had a place down in Florida. They would like like most good Jewish old people, they would winter down somewhere in Florida. Yes. And um, we would go to their house and there were, it was a kind of, basically they had two bedrooms upstairs and an office downstairs with two separate pull-out beds. Like it was more than enough beds for two people. But my sister would not share a room with me. Mm-hmm. So for the first few years, I had to go sleep up in my grandmother's like dressing room. And, oh. let, me, and let me tell you the trauma I faced in the morning. Um, oh. It was just awful. And then later on, I I got too old for that. And so I would have to go sleep on these couches. But in Florida, this house, they bought it in the 80s. So they had a lot of like white leather couches, like 80s style Florida. This is drug dealer chic in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would sleep on these white leather couches. And I don't know if you've ever... Stick to it? Yeah. If you've ever slept on anything leather... Don't. I have not. Thankfully. This is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It's the most horrible experience. You stick to it. Yeah, you just you wake up in the morning and you're like, 
You got to peel yourself off. Yeah. yeah. So then it just, and this was just because my sister couldn't stand to be kid politics. She just well, she won st- that power battle though. She she won well, her she, territory. Well, she was older. She went ba- backdoor channels through the parents. You know, whispered well, in their just, ears like she had the she had the way of the like she was the first. Like I yeah. I just had to take that. Yeah. Um, but you know, but things it's change. it's it's so funny because you're mentioning Taiwan and how China is like doing these little flybys and like shooting rockets close to Taiwan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like. You see how kid politics, which is like, no, this is, I, I don't want to sleep with them. This is my room or these are yeah. my cards. You know, yeah. you can see how pettiness in children kind can, of explodes out. So big, like North Korea and South Korea, like, oh, we yeah. fired a missile. Uh, I'm on your side of the bed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like North Korea fired a missile over Japan into the water. I didn't touch you. I'm not touching you. Yeah. I'm, you not, not, like, I'm real close. I'm real close. Yeah, I'm not touching you. It's exactly and this what it is. is. What, and this is what China does to Taiwan, except it's way more intimidating. Way more uh-huh. intimidating. But it, it, it it's funny how that psychology does explode out on the world in the stage US, in a grandmaster. And anytime grand, it happens, grandmaster. the U.S. is like, let's send a bunch of ships over and do like an exercise over. I'm I'm not on your yeah I'm I'm not touching you. Yeah, or they'll get on the like someone will get on the mic and be like, "Listen, we do not condone what's happening. We hope that so and so will stop shooting missiles close to so and so. You know, if you could just yeah. do that, that'd be great. You know, so yeah, it's that'd like, be lovely. Yeah, if, if not, <laughs> like like the United States really is dad in the world, trying to like sort everyone out, keep everyone while all at the same time manipulating them a little bit. You know, it's right like, now, right now they are. We'll see. You know, yeah. Yeah. Rome, Rome was that. Whoa, jeez, well, thanks, that, Cali- they, thanks, Caligula. Oh, jeez, I thought Nero <laughs> took down. Didn't Nero take down? Okay, I forget. I was. Just oh, blame, I just. I always just blame Caligula because he was the most ridiculous, like the Peter O'Toole movie. Yeah, yeah. I was actually looking into that. I was. Is there food by, in that? Uh, is there food in that? Because we should do that movie. I think there is. Maybe we should do that. There's probably a lot of like grape eating i forget well it's it's funny you mentioned that 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 was produced by bob guccione who was the publisher of hustler magazine yeah and today i was just kind of like i was going into uh, old issues of not just hustler but other magazines because i remember them i was like i wonder what they're like so I, i i was going back to look at them bro magazines back in the day that was the internet yeah it it was all the internet it's like you know you're a pipsqueak, take the, you know, become a muscle bound freak in less than 30 days ad over here, yeah. you know, buy these cigarettes and chicks will like you over here. You know what I mean? There was stuff the, about the Bilderberg group, conspiracy theories and stuff. The internet is like a totally like, it's that on crack. Like it's yeah. insane. But even uh, what was Vice magazine, they kept printing for years because people just preferred the magazine. Uh and then uh, there's still magazines that are in print, like that still people still subscribe. Do you still get magazines? I it's funny. I used to be a magazine junkie back in the day because I was stuck here in Halifax, you know, looking for information about the world, and that was my only real window into the world. Yeah. And so I, I was heavy, heavy into magazines before the internet. But um, I got one last year. I think it was like a Vanity Fair or something like that. I could not believe how horrible the writing was. Like, you look at these magazines, and all they're doing is just 
they're all puff pieces. Yeah. It's all just like, this guy is so great. This girl is so great. Look at what they had to overcome. It, it's all just PR is all it is. Yeah. My, my guilty pleasure magazine when I'm at an airport for like, if I've had a, there's, you know, they still have the magazine stands on the airports. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the Rob report? I have, but I haven't, I haven't read it. It's a catalog for the 1%. Oh, hello. Like okay. their articles are like, why the Bugatti is better than the McLaren or, like, yeah. or, 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 or best, best yacht designers of 2020. It's so right. just, it just, but you read it and you're like, this is filthy. Like this is smut. This is pornography. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is your pornography. And they have ads in the back for like hand engraved guns from the, you know, or like civil or, war or, 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 or German trained German shepherds to protect your family. Like, it's just like, ah. Oh. It's so good. I figured that all the ads in those magazines would be for accounting firms who can say who can like avoid taxes for you. Yeah, that uh, private islands stuff private like islands. that. Like yeah. it's so it, it's just so unattainable. Yet they sell it at the airport. So I'm buying wow. that nine times out of ten. I gotta get the Rob report, man. And Basically, I, Instagram is that now, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then I'll turn to my wife and be like, "Look, look check this yacht out." And she's like, "Why do you read this crap? Like, what's wrong with you?" <laughs> It's because back to Home Alone. It's because aspirational. Aspirational. People, people magazines do like that do well because people are aspirational. Hell yeah! That's our what? whole business is built on that. Yes, Not, mimetic desire. Yeah, mimetic desire. Check out sandwich cinema and sandwiches. Pete mimetic desire. Pete Davidson sandwich. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of mimetic desire and aspirations, minute 19 of Home Alone, they're on the airplane. The parents are in first class. The kids yeah. are in are in back the in the steerage. But uh, it's a great shot where they're drinking champagne and they're using real cutlery on the plane. And the couple yeah. in the front, the husband looks at the salt shaker and he like taps it with his knife. And he's like, it's real crystal. Put it in your bag. And I was yeah. like, Chris, crystal used to be a thing. Cutlery, bone china. That was like a status symbol. Of People suburban, love that stuff. Yeah. Back we've in got, the day. We've got into a point in society where it's like everything's disposable. Even the stuff that's not supposed to be disposable, like your cutlery. Mm-hmm. My, my mom still has the same cutlery she's had since I was a little kid. She's just like, I don't, it, it's built well. She doesn't need to get rid of it. I even have some of it. Yeah. Like, right. honestly, what, like, we don't really you need to upgrade your cutlery. Why? No, it's like, cutlery. You wash yeah. it. It's a piece of metal. It's yeah. not breaking. Like, it's not. But now, my, so my wife was, we need our own cutlery. So I put all the my old stuff away, which is yeah. heavy duty, good, well built, sturdy. Made and of lead. Bought, yeah, made of lead and asbestos. Yeah. Um, and now we have this like flimsy and it bends and it gets weirdly rusty and like, it's, it's just, it's not well made because it's meant to be thrown out in a few years. Just like yeah. cl- clothing, all this crap. Planned so, obsolescence. Yeah. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. I was it's thinking terrible. the same thing because I have a, there's a, um, a Goodwill that I go to when I'm looking for stuff for my videos. I'll go yeah. to Goodwill. Just, I'll just look around and be like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll grab that. But good, they've got so much kitchen stuff, like yeah. cups and glasses and cutlery and all that stuff. And I was like, normally I wouldn't go to Goodwill to buy that stuff. But then I was just thinking, like, why wouldn't I? Like, it's such a waste that 
like exactly what you said. Like, why wouldn't I just go to Goodwill and buy some cutlery? Like, why? It's, it's still good. Like, am, am I just a slave of consumer culture where I need to go to some fancy, you know, high end cutlery place to get this sleek Swiss design cutlery? Just go to Goodwill. It's right there. No, you know? we do. We do. Uh, it's the most hipster thing I do. I'm gonna. I'll admit it right now. I'm but a hipster too. Go ahead. I save, uh, you know, the classical spaghetti sauce or whatever. I save yeah. those jars and I use them as cups because oh. they're so they're like a pint. Yeah, like it's a big cup, and we have a yeah. whole our whole kitchen cabinet. We have like nice cups, but they never get used because I like the big giant mason jar that I drink from. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Make, I don't make salads in it or anything, but no. I, I just it, it works very it's dishwasher safe oh that's very an, that's well. that's an immigrant thing here all of our containers they're all former you know mayonnaise jars and stuff yeah. like that yeah why would you get rid of that it makes no uh, sense to me just to look good in front of your guests I don't know man I I think repurposing things is the way to go so no, I I prefer it yeah, even when I when so when I get my bag I'm going to Goodwill and getting some cutlery because I keep it real. On this podcast and in real life, people. Keep it real. Yeah. So speaking of keeping it real, at minute 22, Kevin realizes that he's been left home alone. Yeah. And as a way to visualize his feeling of power and self-reliance, cuts to, he, he says, oh my God, the family has disappeared because he sees the cars in the, in the garage. So he thinks his families have, mag- have magically disappeared. He's like they're vanished. not actually gone somewhere. Yeah. He jumps, you see him jumping on the bed, eating popcorn from a popcorn bag. I think a great visual use of food to show that this kid is in kid heaven right now. Yeah. Eating that popcorn and jumping on a bed. You're not supposed to eat things like that in bed. Yeah. Or jump on beds. That was a bad, you're not supposed to do that. Do you eat in bed? I do not eat in bed, no. Hmm. There's something spiritually wrong with it, I feel like. (laughs) Uh, Do you do do eat in bed? Are you? you, Well, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, um, so there were phases. So when I was in university, I did not. Okay. We, we all kind of ate together in the living room. When I lived alone, mm. I, I wouldn't. I would eat on the couch. When I got married or when I met my, like when I was, when my wife was my girlfriend, um, we would do, we would get, we'd what, you know, on a Saturday morning, we'd be at my condo watching tv i'd go out get bagels and we'd eat them in bed sometimes oh, this sounds awesome this sounds sometimes awesome. we'd stay in bed for most of the day order a pizza yeah until one time i was eating a slice of pizza and it like fell face down onto my bed sheets which is like oh. that's new bed sheets right there like that's you gotta move man you just gotta yeah. move condos at that point so we used to do it but now we don't we stopped yeah. doing it like the that was like the during the young romance phase yeah. There's a lot of eating in bed. Um, honeymoon phase. Shout out to the honeymoon phase. But now that we're mature, married couple, mm-hmm. we don't really do it. She, so when I'm in here doing the podcast, sometimes she's in the next room in bed and she'll be have like chips or something, mm-hmm. um, which, which is cool. I can hear them. On the... she, oh, there's reverb. But, but uh, she's a she's a clean eater. She's not like me. I, I'm a terrible eater. Okay. General general advice to guys dealing with their girlfriends: keep them well fed, but not you know like don't overdo it, because no. then you guys are going to go to sleep. There's a level yeah. here. There's a level yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. you got to keep them fed, keep them watered. Uh, you know, keep them happy. 
keep them moisturized, keep them happy, whatever they want, do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. Oh, I don't keep... know. My, my wife self moisturizes. That's all, that's her party. Fair enough. Fair enough. Get the back if you can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but minute 24, young Kevin. I, so this whole thing I think is really kind of like, again, we were talking about kid, a kid being empowered and how, how it, it kind of uh, intoxicating that is as a kid and yeah. watching that. So at 24, he's watching an old gangster movie and yeah. eating just a pile of, of ice cream, like, like loves five different kinds of ice cream with chips on the side and a soda on the side. And it's like, this is what you imagined you would do if you were a kid and you were left on your own. You could do whatever you want. I would have done that. I, I, absolutely. I, okay. So here's the thing I find about this movie. and might just be because of my upbringing. As yeah. a, like, I think we've rewind a few episodes. As a Jewish person, so going back to the pizza and they're having milk. Yeah. That's not a Jewish thing. We don't have milk with dinner. Right. Because there's usually protein with dinner. And also milk with pizza is just a nightmare. That's a lot of dairy. That's a <sighs> heavy, heavy amount yeah. of dairy. Yeah. That, in this day and age, milk from a cow is no longer in vogue. Right? No. Back, back in those days. Now, a soda and ice cream is also a bit of a nightmare to me. Like, I would do, I would weirdly rather have a glass of milk with an ice cream sundae, which, once again, is a ton of dairy. But at least yeah. it, it's like milk with a peanut butter sandwich. It cuts through the sweet a little bit. But yes. having sugar upon sugar is, is a, a, a flavor nightmare. Oh, you're right. Like he, he had it right when he had the chips on the side with the ice cream. Yeah. That, I'm a, that was correct. Salty sweet is very good. Yeah. You get tired of one, you go for the other. Yeah, absolutely. But the soda though. Whoa. And like this was back in, I remember the 80s, man. And I mean, no decade, I don't think any decade was trying to get you fatter than the 80s. Yeah. They were coming well, up with stuff I in mean, the 80s. Everyone was thinned out because of the cocaine. So a lot yeah. of heavy, a lot of heavy food just to kind of yeah. keep, keep the population going. Like, I don't know who invented putting ice cream in a soda. What kind of oh, psycho invented that? that was, but like, that, that was, was the, a thing. That was the 50s. That was like the ice cream float. Have you tried that? I yeah, tried it when I, I was a kid. It was horrible. Horrible. Oh, I love it. I, you have to do it right though. Root beer. Yeah. You got to do root beer okay. and uh, vanilla ice cream. That's it. That's that's the only way to do that's, it. That's the key. Coca-Cola is okay, but don't do chocolate and Coke. It's weird. No. That's not yeah. right. If you want to do okay. chocolate with a soda, here's one that's fun. Mm. Or, orange Crush. Mm. Chocolate ice cream. Interesting. Do you, you like or, do you like the combo of orange and chocolate? Love it. Like those those oranges you Christmas you but, all yeah. over it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good that's a good mix. But chocolate okay. and coke, coke is caramel. Like it's a caramelization, yeah. right? So you need yeah. a you need the light p- pillowy fun of vanilla. Root beer mm-hmm. vanilla. You know what I mean? Like you've got to pair your ice cream with your soda. You can't just it's, this yep. isn't uh you know, this isn't the wild west here. You got to mix it up no. right. No. Certain flavor combinations work, ones don't. Sprite, seven up, don't work with anything. Don't do it. They work with orange juice. Yeah. I've tried that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but not ice cream. No, no. Maybe a no, sorbet. No. I don't know, but I don't know. So if you're making yeah. a float, pair your ice cream correct. Well, yes. Come correct with your floats, people. Yeah. <clears throat> Minute 32, mom calls the security service, the rent-a-cop, who's played by this dude who's in everything. 
which I, yeah. I do not know his name. Well, I, th- when I was a kid, I never, in the beginning, when Pesci is the cop. Yeah. And he's casing the houses. I thought he was also the rent-a-cop. And then oh. I did. And then I was like, well, what the heck's going on? Like, why? I never made, I'd like, it was a weird thing for me that, but yeah, that guy plays a, he's in everything. He's one of these character yeah. actors that just shows up in everything. He's the guy who played Kramer in the in the show within a show on Seinfeld. When they were casting the Seinfeld show on Seinfeld, he played Kramer, the Kramer character. Oh, he's tall, kind of goofy looking, yeah, gangly, face. big nose. I know who. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he is eating a donut, which I think. What we're the thing about this movie is that. This is basically a cartoon. This is like a Bugs yeah. Bunny cartoon come to life. Everyone is cartoony. And I think that the fact that, that the Renacop is eating a donut while talking to his mom adds lends to the entire cartooniness of yeah. the movie, right? It's just, it's a, it's quintessential cop, Renacop behavior to eat donuts. Cops yeah. eat donuts. That's what just happens. Are you a donut yeah. guy? Love donuts. Love Timmy's donuts. or do you like the fancy stuff? I've been a Timmy's guy, but lately I, I just feel like the fancier stuff is just so much better. You know, I, I every now and then I'll, I'll go into Timmy's and get a very underrated chocolate coconut, toasted coconut. You like tremendous. the coconut? I respect that. So chocolate but donut with the coconut coating. The, the toasted coconut is around it. I think the most indulgent is the honey cruller because it feels like you're eating air kind of, but also like custardy air. Yeah, I like the honey what do you cruller. get? What do you got? What do you got? So I'm analysis? I'm a big cruller guy. I don't like I don't do anything cream or jelly filled. That's oh, just, I'm into the Boston cream. I'm yeah, into. I can't I can't I can't play there. It's just okay. too much. It's just too intricate. For it, it, me. It's a lot. It is a lot. You're right. Um, but I will do so if there. You know when you get that Tim Hortons box, the assorted yeah. box. Yeah. I, the one I go for first is the one nobody wants. It's the double chocolate dip. Really, it's the chocolate. Donut I've never with the had one. It always it always looked like too much. Yeah, it is. It's a lot, but I just I love that donut, and no one's ever going for it, so I know it's yeah. going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. Honey Cruller, the Dutchy, the Apple Dutchy, is a classic. Is nice, yeah, nice. that's a classic. Uh, and then um, the the Maple Dip. That's a Canadian icon. You got the Maple Dips kind of up there for me. Oh, I cannot stay. I I have no interest no, in a maple dip. God bless no you. Just, yeah, no, I'm not into that at all. Fair enough. I got a couple of complicated relationship with most of these donuts. Like, I don't mind the cocaine covered ones, like the ones that they the got powdered. covered. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the coked up ones. Those are good. But I got a real complicated relationship with the uh, Boston cream. Okay. Because, like, you get a Boston cream. I don't know if you've ever had a Boston cream and there was no cream in it, how disappointing that is. That's just like a, a glazed dip. That that <sighs> you've taken I, the fun you've taken the fun out of the donut. Yeah, the word I still remember to this day. I bought one from Tim Hortons, went and then like biked my way to Grip because I was you know going to to work. Got there, bit into it, realized there was no cream in it, and there was no recourse. I couldn't go back. It was just like and, 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 and you know, like Pulp Fiction, you just ruined your day. You ruined ruined my day. I thought I think about it still. Breakfast. Yeah, still I think about it. Yeah, but also with the Boston cream, it's like. Like you got this thing, it's filled with cream, and I'm trying to figure out the best place to bite into it because I want cream. Because the worst thing is if you go that first bite and there's no cream, you know, 
Yeah. So then I'm like, there's the actual hole in the donut, which looks, let's be honest, like an anus, right? Yeah. So you go tongue first right into there. But here's the thing. It's got an anus. It's filled with cream. And it's like, this feels kind of gay. You know what I mean? It kind of feels gay what I'm doing right now. Wow. You so I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this anus. Do I bite the anus part? Because then it feels kind of gay. But then I'm in my head like, why? It's not oh, gay. And even if it was, why do you care? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? So now uh, you don't want that first bite to not have cream is what I'm right. saying. It's very you Like, I really want to have a, the first bite have cream. Right. And so you're examining it. I'm trying to examine the donut to figure out what's the best place to first bite. And I'm looking at the anus, which is always a decent place to bite because it's pretty, almost guaranteed that you're going to catch some cream in there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. But then it does seem a little bit gay that this thing looks like an anus and I'm biting into something that looks like male spermatozoa, whatever it's called. And so then I start thinking twice about it. So I'm looking at this thing and then I'm like, why, what does it matter? Even if it is gay, so what? You're not homophobic. So I'm having these dual contending thoughts which this is kind of gay but also why does it matter that it's gay so i'm questioning my sexuality but at the same time questioning why i should be questioning my sexuality it turns into this weird thing so uh, the stress involved with eating a boston cream is almost not worth getting it as far as i'm concerned because i don't know if you were eating a boston cream bit into it and then the cream hits your fingers i don't know if you've ever done that where you eat a boston cream you take a bite and it spills onto your fingers like what are we talking about? Like everyone knows what goes through your mind when that happens, right? And it's not good. It's not good for anyone. It's not good for and you. And then you feel shame for that. Like, well, like who cares? It Just lick like, it off. Sounds like you have a very complex Freudian relationship with these donuts. Now, yeah, maybe maybe I can help you. Um, sure. Women also have assholes. Yep. So nothing comes out of them, though. Well. No. What? What are you talking about? What do you mean nothing comes out of them? Women don't poop. What are you, crazy? All right. All right. All right. Weirdo. All right. Just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, you know, if that helps alleviate your... I want to help you enjoy the donut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I got to see a therapist. I don't know, man. But like, yeah, I mean, it happens literally every time I eat a Boston cream, but I had to switch to a different donut because it was freaking me out on an existential level. What happens when you go jelly filled? Jelly donuts, fine, uh, because all the powdered sugar seems cool to me. It seems know? like you're doing a bunch of Coke before you. Yeah. Like, in, I do like to indulge, do the pinky in the- and then do one of those. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all right. Before you before you engage in any, you know, rectal behavior, you like a little cocaine. All right, I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Home alone. I don't mess with... <laughs> sorry, I was saying... I don't mess with the maple. I don't mess with the old-fashioned. I don't mess with the sugar. Um, I don't like any donuts that's in the form of like a, a rectangle. Don't mess with those. Well, like an eclair? Yeah. But a duchy is a square. A duchy is a square. A square is fine. A square is no. fine. But like, no, the eclair is okay. I'm talking about those like uh, almond, chocolate almond bars oh. or whatever they are. Yeah, like those things. Like, like a brick. Hey, at, that, like at, that point, at that point, you're not even eating a donut. Yeah. For a couple, for a few months there, my my thing was I didn't want to eat a whole donut. So I would get my tea and get three Timbits, which is like half a donut. So I was messing with that for a bit. Okay. 
bolt. Yeah, always weird to ask them for three three ten bits. Like they're like, "How many do you want?" Like three. I'm like, okay, and they give you that weird look. Now I'm feeling uncomfortable. Like, and then they, they got to charge you like seventy five cents. It's like it's yeah, that to them. yeah, yeah. The the labor behind those three ten bits. Yeah, was way more. But yeah, yeah, fair uh, enough. Yeah, a lot of co- a very complicated relationship with donuts. I don't know how it got to that, but uh, fair enough. Yeah, Krispy Kreme. I love they, me some Krispy Kreme. They have that, but out there? you not out here. But but man, when you eat, you eat, if you eat just even one of those, yeah, you feel like you took a year off your life. Like you yeah. feel so bad afterwards. It's like having a cigarette. Yeah, it really is. You feel horrible. Like you can feel your entire. Uh, you feel your cholesterol going up. You feel your, your tongue has got like a film on it and stuff. While you're eating it, it is ecstatic. It, it, ecstatic. Oh, it's, it's, it's erotic, I would say. Yeah, it's very erotic. Probably the if, most erotic. If I were going to have any sexual complications like you have with the Boston cream, mine yeah. would be with the Krispy Kreme. Well, the Krispy Kreme, I feel, is a very feminine donut. Okay. Um, because when you eat it, you feel like you're, you know, you know. Making sweet love to a woman. Well, you feel like you're eating, oh, you know. Okay. You know well, I mean, I, we could do a whole episode on this, I'm sure. I, that's just my personal perspective. I feel like the Boston cream is very masculine and gay. Krispy Kreme glazed is very feminine and heterosexual. Uh, oh. If you feel differently, comment below. But that's yeah, just please, my own please, personal experience. Please comment below and target yeah. any hate at him. Oh, by the way, I'm not hating on either one, by the way. It's just <laughs> I just feel like that's the categorization, which if you're not in the categories, I get that too. By all means, cancel me. But uh, yeah. Our five our five listeners might cancel us. Right. Uh, any further comments on donuts? Or no, I think, we, uh... I think we've really beat that dead horse. Okay, which brings me to a very significant, <laughs> significant point in the movie, which is the midpoint, which is when we feel that the hero has a false victory. We feel like yes. Kevin has established himself. He can take care of himself. He's always wanted to be on his own and do whatever he wants. He's done that. He's feeling great about it. He's watching movies, eating ice cream. At minute 48, which is the midpoint, Kevin orders a pizza and uses the old gangster movie dialogue to communicate with the pizza guy. Yeah. It's a cheese pizza, which is a food victory for Kevin. He finally gets his cheese pizza, which is foiled to- by his family. All to himself. He's used All his to wits yep. to get the cheese pizza. Yes. And right after that, he goes in the basement, stares the furnace dead in the eyes, and says, I am not afraid of you anymore. So this is the hero reaching that false victory. After this is when the robbers come and he, everything goes to heck. And he yeah. has to actually have a victory. But these are the false victories based on food. So yeah. there you go. So anyway, moving the the next kind of like section of the film is all cat and mouse with the robbers just getting the crap kicked out of them. Yeah. Uh, which I think to this day is some of the funniest filmmaking ever made. I It's still funny. It still looks painful, but still funny, though. So what are your thoughts what's, on the violence? What's interesting about the first one versus the second one? Hmm. So I've watched, I actually just watched them both because my wife, once we watch one, we have to watch everything. Um, the first one, the violence is there and mm-hmm. it sucks. And it's like, clearly these guys, and it is cartoonish. You're right. This is like, Very. Going, but no one's getting hit in the head with a brick. In the second one. Dude, dude gets hit in the head with a iron and one guy gets hit in the head with a paint can. 
Yeah, but that's so. not gonna that's not gonna take you out of the fight. Okay, so sorry, continue. You had, you had a point. To It'll hurt. It'll hurt, yeah. but that's not gonna take you out of the fight. Getting hit in the head with a brick from the top of a five story building will kill you. Is that what happens in two? Yeah, he throws. Oh. He, he's on top of a New York brownstone and he's throwing bricks and he's hitting. Uh, not I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. It's funny, but that'll kill yeah. you. That's death. Oh yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, or severe brain damage. Um, yeah, back in the day, uh, head trauma was really heavy into comedy. Not so much yeah. anymore, though. Yeah, yeah. this one, eh, a lot of these injuries seemed superficial to me, which is mm. funny. That's what made it funny. Like these guys were getting beat up, but they weren't getting murdered in cold blood. Yeah, and, I, I, and I think that Daniel Stern just something about him getting yeah. beaten up just. There is a, th- a thing about casting where you see someone take a beating, but you know he's going to be okay. Like yeah. Daniel Stern, you're like, he's He took fine. a good beating. And then Pesci, Pesci, they were a good combo because Pesci took yes. a beating too, but he was a smarter guy. Yeah, Ish. absolutely. So, it's funny, know, it's funny you mentioned that, is that Stern actually was originally cast and then he asked for too much money and they cast another guy. And the chemistry wasn't right between him and Pesci, so they brought Stern back, which you can yeah. see it is a they do have chemistry. They have good know? chemistry. Yeah, good energy, difference of energy. Stern is kind of like high energy. Pesci's kind of low energy. He's this tall. Pesci, he's in, Pesci in his prime though, because Pesci's a pit bull, right? Like he's that Ugh. little guy who's angry, so it's perfect. Like he I, gets I love Joe Pesci. I he's love worked him. up for the whole movie, um, yeah. and he's worked up by Stern. He's worked up by the kid. He's worked up by everything. So it's just a an exercise in watching Pesci get worked up. But the violence starts with my favorite meal in the movie. Oh, please tell us. Well, I, I don't know if you had it in your notes. I was going let, to let us go there naturally. But the macaroni and cheese. Oh, okay. So he sits at the table. He yep. lights the candles. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, you know, I, I got to set up for, he's got a, his whole thing set up. He's ready to kick some ass. He likes, you know, he sets down his microwave craft macaroni and cheese, which I didn't even know existed. I don't think they had that in Canada. Um, and then he never eats it. Oh, okay. Why not? The clock strikes the, the hour of the crime. Yeah. And then we get into it. Oh, okay. So the robbers interrupt his mac and cheese. Yeah. I'm going to say also hmm. our, my recipe will be my homemade mac and cheese. YouTube people will put that in. I got to do a lot of recipes, but YOLO. Um, okay, this is home invasion mac and cheese, I believe. Home right? invasion, homemade home invasion mac and cheese. If you are getting robbed, you're going to want to make this first. Yeah, because this will distract robbers uh, yeah. of of any food that would. So all of all of the Kevin against the the robbers is going down, and he's exerting his power over them, and kind of coming of age as a kid and coming into his own power thwarts the robbers before the parents get home. And at minute 31, he carries a glass of milk and a plate of cookies, but also on the plate, carrot sticks. Interesting. He's realizing through food that he's not just a kid who's going to eat nothing but junk food. He's putting some carrot sticks on there now. He's growing. He's become a little bit more mature. Yeah, he's learned. Yeah, some victory mature carrot sticks. For Kevin. Interesting. Interesting. And then that yeah. and then and then the mom comes in. So at minute 37, the family comes home, mom is there, and the first thing she says, which 
you know, when you come home from vacation like this, the mom is like, we got to, we don't even have any milk. We got to find a store. Kevin says, it's okay. I already bought some. Took care of it. Yeah. So he, so he, it is a coming of age story for Kevin. It is a hero's journey for Kevin. And it is an origin story of, I think, Kevin's, uh, I think the rest of his life, he's going to be sort of a heroic figure. So, yeah. Yeah. Until next year when he does it again. And now he knows what to do even even more. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So that's all the food in Home Alone. Um, uh-huh. I guess we can get into the food awards at this point. Food awards. As a food movie, what do we think? Yeah. Food movie, I got to give it three insulin prescriptions for the diabetes this kid is going to get from eating ice cream and sodas together out of five insulin prescriptions. Yeah, I give uh, it. as a Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say, as a movie movie, I got to give it four slices of cheese pizza out of a possible five slices of cheese pizza. Bold. All right. So as a as a food movie, yeah, I think I'm going to be I'm going to be with you on three. I think it's it's three um, neglectful parents as a food movie, because who are these parents? Like, what the hell is their problem? Yeah, like that's your. Tr- I know you have twenty five kids and you're super rich, living in a suburb of Chicago in this mansion. But bro, forget- how are you supposed to ever make that up to your kid? Honestly, you f- you how is he ever going to trust you? Child, again? my parents have never forgot me anywhere. Yeah, uh, but anyway, I digress. As yeah. a movie, movie, I think also a three. I think it's also a three. I love it as a Christmas movie. Oh, as a Christmas movie, what is it? Oh, as a Christmas movie, it's a hard five. Hard five, okay. Yeah, it's a hard five. It's a hard five. Um, crowbar, crowbars to the dick. That's oh, a hard five. Okay. Crowbars to the dick. As a right. movie, movie, I you know I think it's about three tarantulas because that was a real tarantula, by the way. Honestly, that was a real tarantula. A great actor. Yeah. Great, great character actor, tarantula. Shout out to movies before CGI, man. You want a tarantula yeah. on your face? Fine. We'll get a tarantula on your face. Yeah. Yeah. Cruelty to animals, not a problem. PETA never showed up for this one. But yeah, no. Tarantula's a, not even an animal. It's an insect. We don't give a crap. It's a, it's a three. As well. I, I want to give it a four. I do. Hmm. Uh, hmm. It's just there's a lot of, I don't know, watching it back as someone now, affording that house. There's just a lot of plot holes that drive me nuts. Um, yeah. So, but as a Christmas movie, I love it. One of my favorites. Right. I'll watch well, it. Well, who, who in this movie would you like to most to have dinner with? I I gotta go with. Uh, I you know what? I, <laughs> damn it! You're gonna nail me for father figures again. It's gotta be John Hurd because I want to know what the hell this guy does for a living. Yeah. That he can afford to send not only his kids but his his. His deadbeat brother, or his wife's deadbeat, I don't know. Yeah. And their kids, these idiot kids. He's got this mansion. I want to know what the hell this guy's doing. You should want to know. I want to know, too. He's probably not making that much money. And back in the 90s, late 80s, like that was just normal. But, uh, yeah, bananas. Who about, how about you? I got to go with the old dude in the movie, who I think is Kevin from a different timeline. Yeah talking to himself he like that's kevin who i think was actually on the plane and never built up the confidence in himself and like the the sturdiness of his soul which, so he which self was, the street 
Yeah. So now I think that would be the Kevin if these robbers hadn't robbed the house and he hadn't have had to like sack up and defend himself. So but he does sack guy up. full of regrets. He gets That's the retribution true. in the end. So That's true. That's true. But there's something about the way they talk to each other. It just seems so familiar that I was like, I think that's Kevin in the future. It's Kevin. Or a possible Kevin in a different timeline. Yeah. In, in the Christopher Columbiverse. <laughs> is, that what, is that what this is, the Christopher Columbiverse? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, this isn't the same universe as the first Harry Potter films, as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's Kevin if he didn't go to Hogwarts. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was home alone, god damn it. All of the food and all of the commentary. Good times. Uh, our next f- movie have we we've decided Godfather 2, I believe, right? We're going to do Godfather 2 because people like Godfather 1 so much and we want to mm-hmm. do another mob movie just to appease our four fans. Um yep. two of which are my parents, by the way. Yeah, and one of which is me. Yeah. So we're doing it. We got to do Godfather. It should be a good one. Francis Coppola, uh, all the crew is back except for uh, Brando. But um, great food movie coming up. Great food, food movie, Home Alone. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next time. All right. Good job, Jer. Good stuff. Good one.